Welcome back, everybody, to the Marty Party. We are North America's premier podcast for all things real estate related in the San Antonio area. Uh, lots of great guests that we've had over the last couple episodes, and today we've got another stunner. Um, this is a good friend of ours, Graham McNair. Uh, welcome, Graham. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Graham uh, works at Texas Homes here in the San Antonio area. They are a, what I would say, kind of small to medium, um, semi-custom home builder. Mm -hmm. I know they build a lot of inventory and spec homes, so definitely... Um, on the production side, but y'all also do kind of early stage builds, right? Where they can pick out their own home site right in the neighborhoods and- Absolutely, and yeah. I mean, we're like, like you said, semi-customizable, you know, so we can do custom changes to the frame, to the foundation of the home. Um, and uh, a big thing, we let our buyers pick out pretty much everything That's as cool. far as finish out goes. So it's, a, it's really, truly like, yes, you guys are bringing some floor plans, you know, to st for a starting point, but truly, like you said, it's their home. Right. One right. of a kind. Yeah. We won't build like full custom plans just because it's right. not the type of builder that we are. Um, but you know, we can really let buyers just make the home their own. That's amazing. Well, before we get into all the fun real estate stuff, let's start with the beginning, right? You know, who is Graham? Tell us about, you know, where are you from? Where did you grow up? You know, give us some backstory. Sure, sure. So I, I was born in Atlanta, actually. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, I, I moved back to Texas in, I say back to Texas, we moved to Texas in, in 99. Okay. Uh, my dad's from the Valley. My dad grew Got up it. in Brownsville. Um, has a big family, you know, seven brothers and sisters. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, when he married my mom, he made her promise that one day they'd move back to Texas. That's so, incredible. Um, you know, in 99, we moved here to San Antonio. Um, and how old were you in 99? six or okay. seven so you, yeah. yeah super young all right yeah and so um you know started out going to school here in the in the first grade and um you know i, I went to private school my whole life I went to holy spirit for elementary and middle school and then uh, central catholic for high school um and yeah really to be honest i had kind of a uh called like a troubled childhood you know everything family side was great but i just decided that having fun was uh, yeah. a lot more important than than school um or family stuff or really anything else in Absolutely. my life at that time um, you know, I, I, I tried going to college right out of, uh, out of high school and it really just like drank the whole time and right, didn't go to class. And, and, uh, you know, um, if the, if they would have let me back, my dad probably would have said, well, I'm not paying for you to get, you know, a 0.3 GPA or whatever it was that I had. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I failed pretty much every class. That's, that's super. And so obviously, you know, now you've come a long way from that and, and, you know, you're not, there anymore like would you ever consider going back to college i actually uh, finished up last year really uh, so i did the online thing um so i come from an aggie family and okay. i, I would have done a and m if they had a decent online program right um unfortunately they don't so i ended up finishing up at auburn wow. so auburn's got a great online program um just finished it up last year um and, and really i think i just i just wasn't ready to go to school at 18 years old that makes you know sense. i uh, had some growing up to do and and i did a lot of growing up so um I got to a point, you know, where I, I'd moved around Texas a bunch and I came back here to San Antonio and I was probably 23 or 24 and I was like, man, you know, it's just time to do something else. Yeah, you know? do something else. That's great. And so when you, let's let's dive into this. We haven't actually had anybody talk about uh, online college and just kind of the experience, right? So once you were ready to go, um, Auburn was your first pick? No. So I'd like to say, if I could have done um, Texas A&M, I yep. would have done it. Right. right. That's where I went to school for the first year that yep. I tried college. I was like, we'll call it tried college. I never right. really went. Um, you know, and I did some community college. So when I, when the, the first step going back was e easy, right? Okay. I think San Antonio has got a great uh, community college system, all the Alamo colleges. And I just went there. Okay. So all right, went to um, I, did, 
Uh, I went to Northwest Vista. Northwest right. Vista. Yeah. Okay. So some in person, some online. It just depended. There were some classes which I'm glad I went to in person, like but some accounting classes, which was like easier to follow. I probably in wouldn't have gotten on online. You know, like the calculus class I had to take. I was like, okay, I'm really glad that <laughs> I did this in person. Absolutely. And um, were, you, were you working at this time as well? I was. Yeah, I was working full time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how was how I mean how was that kind of juggle? Because I know I know a lot of people do it. It's not like an unheard of concept, but you know it's different, right? You know, when you're fresh 18, you don't have a whole lot of bills, maybe. A car you know mm -hmm. things like that um was it obviously challenging to have both you know be going to college and be working full-time no i mean it's just about like time allocation right and i think going to college in person it was easier for me to allocate my time rather than uh doing it online got it because doing it all online you're really just left up to your own devices right um you know it's they like give you the, the the coursework and really it's up to you if you want to read the book or do the online you know assignments or or anything like that that's um, that's challenging i think that a lot in especially in real estate that we're in as you know like a lot of people being self-employed it's hard mm -hmm. to be that disciplined on yourself so let alone people not in our industry right people that go on to work at very structured jobs with regimented schedules online college seems like it could be easy to fall off right and you know i got to a certain point and, and it was like online college was really the only thing i could do got it um, unless i wanted to go back to in person full-time you know, when I started going back to school, I think I was still, I was working for a catering company managing events. And so it was easy to kind of divvy up my time, right? I would right. put like all my classes on like Monday and Wednesday. Okay, that makes and, sense. And, you know, so I had uh, Tuesday uh, was kind of like my day off. Not There's just some events on those days, but, you know, I had Thursday, Friday and the weekends to do, you know, weddings or corporate events or whatever else we were putting on, um, which was nice. That's really good. Um, and then... After that, I went to go work for a uh, a recovery center, actually okay. in admissions. Oh. So it was uh, that was a little easier, I guess. You know, I had some stuff I did on campus, but a lot of it was just you know I'm I've got a cell phone that's hooked up to the eight hundred number. Got and, it, and then uh, you were kind of doing like intake forms and things much. like that. Yeah, I mean, it was more just like a, a big part of it is fielding calls. Got right? it. You know, and and it can get kind of. Uh, I don't know if monotonous is the right word, but it's kind of bureaucratic, right? You know, it's like, right. okay, we've got to make sure they have insurance. Right. right? And if they don't have insurance, we got to make sure they have the 30 grand it takes for private pay. That's so, crazy. Yeah. And how, how long, um, so in a recovery center, if you are private pay $30,000, how, how long does that get you there? That'll for? get you 30 days. So it's a thousand dollars a day. Right. Well, you got to say, you know, you're living there, got right? It. And you're having classes every day and your food's being taken care of every day. That makes sense. Um, you know, I, I, I do think that, a lot of these places make way or not. I think that a lot of these places do make way more money from insurance. Right. Um, cause insurance will just pay more. Right. You know, um, and the, the private pay is, uh, you know, every now and then we would scholarship people, you okay. know, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, if so-and-so was whatever, it, it, it just depends. Every situation's different. Got it. That um, makes sense. But you know, we would kind of give out some scholarships, but, That's neat. um, for the most part of, I mean, if it was someone who wanted to come to treatment and it was like, you know, maybe they weren't really that bad with kind of what was going on and, and, uh, um, you know, and they had the money to pay it. It's like, sure, they would pay it. That's crazy. Interesting. Okay. So at this time you're still doing the half and half or your full Auburn online at this time. Um, I, so I, that was probably all Alamo colleges. Um, okay. I actually at one point thought that I, I wanted to work in, uh, in treatment in, in kind of the recovery world. Got it. Um, for, um, a while and I, I went to, I enrolled at Our Lady of the Lake okay, and yes. I was going to go get my master's in social work uh, Yeah, and they have a, a great program where it was like, you can get your bachelor's in social work and then your master's pretty quickly after that. 
And I went and I, I uh, spent a week there um, taking classes and very quickly decided I didn't want to do that. That's interesting. That's yeah. crazy. So, I mean, and I, I get that, right? It's a different structure, different folks, right? And a lot of people, um, the same way, right? Like I went, I was going to go to San Antonio Community College uh, school system also, and I was going to do... Um, which is interesting. Like a lot of people didn't, don't know this. I was actually going to do physical therapy. I was like, Oh, okay. I want to do this. And it was the same, same type of thing. Right. Within like a week and a half, I hated it. Right. I just thought about dealing with, and it, the, the people that do this, y'all are strong. I, I can't do it. Thinking about people that, you know, bad car accidents, uh, amputations, right. Trauma, brain injuries, and then just seeing them, seeing them be miserable with like their, their circumstance and having to be like that person to be like, look, you're still alive, mm -hmm. right? Like, like things are not, could be way worse. And I just, I don't have the heart for that. You know, it's a tough like, job. it is like to tell somebody who thinks that their world's over, like, no, it's not, you know, like there's a future and that's, that's just hard, you know, like mm -hmm. we're, and, and I, I know a lot of recovery, um, in the sense of like physical therapy and things like that, like post trauma, like I said, amputation, things like that. Like I know that it, the first couple months of that are very difficult because these people are just like, man, my stuff is not what it used to be, you know? Right. So that's, that's interesting. So you learned pretty quickly though, that that wasn't for you as far as treatment and recovery yeah. goes. Well, you know, my inspiration for that is I've, I've been sober for a little over six years at this point. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, I mean, my inspiration was, I was like, Hey, I wanted to kind of give back. Um, but I got into it and, uh, it just turned out to be more bureaucratic than I wanted it to be. You know, there's a lot of red tape. If you want to be a social worker, Absolutely. you know, you're licensed by the government and, um, there's a lot of rules that you have to follow and there's certain things that you can and can't do. Um, you know, and I, um, I guess kind of decided that I could be more useful. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say on my own. Right. Right. But without having to go and get the degree. Right. That, that I makes still sense. go out and help people. Cause right? Yeah. Cause it's very, um, like you said, it's not, it's not like regulated in the sense of like in, in a good way in this case, right. Where you can just get where you need to be mm -hmm. help you need to help. Right. And it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, I want to talk to you about, you know, these struggles, but, uh, can I get your insurance? You know, yeah. like, I know yeah. absolutely being a resource. Okay. So that's, that's really, really good. And once you, once you did that, which, you know, congratulations, of course, on, on being sober, you know, and, and once you kind of got all of that in line, you're going to college at this point. Um, we've figured out that, that it wasn't for you as far as social work goes. And now you're going to the next thing, right. Mm -hmm. Which was, which was the online so it was, uh, yeah, next it was kind of deciding where I wanted to go to school. And I kind of already missed out on that semester. You know, I, I'd spent a week in classes. And um, so I had an opportunity to go. And uh, I think I was still work. I was still working at the treatment center, you know, but decided I just wanted to do something different, right? I didn't want to do this anymore. I had been at the same job for basically three years. And yep. there was really nowhere to go from there. And I wasn't really making any kind of money, right. um, you know, and I, I realized that if I wanted to to be successful in life or at least have something in life, I needed to do something different. Absolutely. You know, so I, I had a friend who was uh, working for Wyndham okay. um, selling timeshare. Oh, gosh. And he was, you know, just killing it down there. Um, and he brought me down there to, to start out and I, it just wasn't for me. It's a yeah. super hard sell. Right. Um, it's a lot of same day stuff. And. Um, it's very uh, scripted, right. you know, and I, I, I love the product, right? Because I got to travel around and kind of stay in some. Yes. But it's like, man, I stayed at that job for like four months and didn't sell a thing. Oh, like, yeah, that's I hard. I basically like lost money. That's crazy. Um, I stopped doing that and, and uh, 
you know, my, my dad's a, a home builder. He's okay. been building homes for over 30 years. And I, I remember I lost that job. I'd made the decision at Wyndham. It was like, I wasn't going to quit. Right. Right. I'm going to try this thing till the very end. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They're going right. to, you know, at a certain point, they're going to fire me because I'm not making sales. But right. it's like, I'm not going to run because it's like, oh, I'm, it's like, I'm going to give this thing my all. That's amazing. Um, That's good. You know, but uh, in, in the end, I, I did get fired. And um, kind of thought about, about what I wanted to do. And I, I called my dad and was like, Hey, you know, I, I want to, um, get into, uh, the sales side of home building. It's like, who would be some people to talk to, um, to, to get into this, you know? And he gave me the number for, um, a man I, I still work with today. His name's Steve Hamilton. He's okay. a sales coach yes. that I've worked with. Um, and, uh, he got me some interviews at a couple different places, um, you know, a couple different builders and, and, uh, I ended up at, at Texas homes and, and, uh, I've been, been there ever since been there ever since that's that's incredible that's a good story and so um your dad i I know you've mentioned you know he's been a big influence in your life um how come you didn't go and work for him originally you know i just didn't want to work for my dad right out the bat would i i mean one day sure yeah i'll go work for my dad yeah absolutely but i i wanted to get some experience somewhere else Um, he's got a small company with a i wouldn't call it too niche of a product right but he's building full custom homes um that start around one and a half million and and go up from there, you know. So somebody who had no experience in the home building industry, right? I just didn't see that as a place to start, right? I, I had to start somewhere, you know. When I came to Texas Homes, um, Ed Berlanga, who's my my boss, um, gave me a pretty great opportunity where it's like I could start out as an assistant, but I would be pretty much shadowing the sales guys full time. And then at a certain point, I would be like half assistant, half sales guy, where yeah. I still kind of make like a salary, but I'd get like a le- like less of a uh, a percentage on on commission, um, and then eventually move into like full time commission. So it was kind of, you yeah. know, I, I saw a future for myself there. That's, that's incredible. Like, um, and an opportunity to learn um, at uh, for a lot of different stuff. That's that's really really good. And you know now of course you know two different products, right? So for those who are look or, you know tuning in and maybe don't know this. You've got two different types of builders, right? You've got these production builders, which, you know, that's your Lennar, your nationals, right? You know, your Lennar, your KB, your, your Sensex Pulte, some brands that y'all might be familiar with. They um, they change the name depending on what part of the country you're in. So check into the ones that you've got. But those are your ones that they they just crank homes. They're building 34 homes, uh, 30 to 40 homes a month, right? They're just mm-hmm. cranking inventory, cranking inventory, very much prefabricated as they call it. It's like home in a box, right? So that that's what this is. Um, and then you got what his dad's doing, which is full custom, right? So that's where you say, hey, my family bought this land. We own this land over here and we want to build a home. Great, well, what home do you want to build? And then it starts from there, right? And it turns into you know, people bringing in their own designs, construction material, you're, you're getting into the weeds. And so two different things. And so I think that what he's saying makes a really good point for people that are wanting to get into this industry, right? Going into full custom like that is hard, right? It's full, it's very hard because it's a very, like you said, high end product. There's a lot, a lot of things, right? People are mm-hmm. wanting to move walls. People are wanting to build out of certain materials, right? Framing, just so many things change because you've got to get an engineer to, you know, to basically engineer this, this plan that they drew on sometimes on pieces of paper, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's very different. Um, so I think it's, it's good for you as getting able to start where you have, where you still can do some of those things. You can still move walls. You can still make changes, but you at least have a starting point, right? Sure. Well, I think we, I mean, we can make it sound a lot more complicated than it really is. Um, but I mean, essentially in, in, in my eyes, the point of like a new home sales person, whether you're working for, 
you know, uh, KB or Texas Homes or, or McNair. It, I mean, it really doesn't matter. It's like my job is to, um, you know, walk with the buyer throughout the entire process and take them through it step by step and That's be good. proficient in it, right? And make this thing as simple as possible for them. Absolutely. You know, and in my eyes, you know, okay, this with, uh, we'll say with a full custom builder, for example, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, every builder's different, right? You know, so some people will come to a full custom builder and be like, listen, I don't, I know I want a custom home. I don't have any plans drawn. You know, I don't have, I've talked to some architects, but haven't done any. And, and, uh, you know, some builders may be like, okay, well we have architects we can sit you down with. Let's talk. Or we have some plans that were already under construction. That's is a full custom plan. Um, you know, so it, it, it all just depends. But like, if I wanted to get into that, I feel like I would need to be like proficient in a lot of this other stuff. I need to know what I was talking about. That makes a lot of sense. And that's where you started, where, you, where you've been. And so mm -hmm. how long have you been with Texas Home? Uh, a little over three years. Okay. So this is, I mean, you're committed, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're in there, you're learning. That's great. So with that, you know, in the community that you're in, you know, what type of buyers are you seeing, right? You know, who is, who is the perfect buyer for you? What, mm -hmm. what is that person? So for me, I mean, it really just depends. I think Texas Homes starts out around like the mid fours for some of their garden home stuff and goes all the way up to just under a million. Okay. So where I'm at right now, I started about seven and a quarter. Okay. Um, you know, when it's a higher end product, um, a lot of the buyers that I'm seeing um, work at, you know, like USAA or Wells Fargo or um, I'm, I'm near like I-10 and 1604. So there's a lot of like, yes. you know, they'll work at Valero or um, wherever, maybe they're in, in the, in the military or, um, or they're a veteran working for like a military contractor. It, it just depends, right? Got it. You know, but it's, uh, um, for me, for most of my buyers, I would say for 95% of them, that's not, it's not their first time buying a home. Got it. So these are your right. repeat buyers, your move up buyers, Yes. right? Kind of going into this, into the second kind of home or third home. So, you know, with a semi-custom product like that, when people are choosing their options, right? For the most part, they're choosing finishes or, or what can you choose? I mean, it depends on what stage you get in, right? If you're able to, I mean, there's two types of homes that I guess I sell. One I would call dirt and one's a spec home. Okay. Right? And dirt is like, hey, Chris, you'd get to come out and pick out your lot, pick out your floor plan. Um, we'll look at all the, the different structural options that you can pick out. And then you'd go into the design studio at a certain point and pick out um, all your finishes. You know, you'd pick out the cabinetry, the light fixtures, uh, you could add electric plugs in different places and uh, add plumbing fixtures, pick them out and then pick out the tile, the wall paint, all, all everything, pretty Every, much. Everything. Yeah. So everything. truly, if you're looking to go this route, it's the only thing you're not doing essentially is completely from scratch, hand drawing a plan. Right. But past that, you're doing it. Yes. Yeah. We have the pre-drawn plans and we have pre-drawn options and those work for the majority of people. You know, some people will come with different ideas. So it's like, Hey, we want to, uh, you know, well, an easy one, I'll say, well, I want to extend this patio along the entire back of the house. And it's like, it's an easy thing to do. Right. Um, but we don't necessarily have the plans drawn. Got it. But we can send that to architecture um, and have them do that. That's incredible. So y'all yeah. are giving people that flexibility to have a home that truly is for them mm -hmm. and fits kind of their wants and needs, right? Without necessarily just having to say, okay, you're going to pick plan A, B, or C, and, and that's what you're getting. Sure. You know, and, and nothing against, I think those, uh, types of builders. I mean, there's a buyer for every home and I, I firmly believe that. And, and I think a lot of the people who are buying homes with me out in, uh, the visas of Sonoma, um, start out, you know, with a starter home and, uh, not really exactly knowing kind of what they want. Um, and, uh, that's what 
we're here for. It's like they get to a certain point. They've had a few homes. They know what they want. They know what kind of tile they want. They know what kind of design they want. They know how they want their kitchen or whatever else to be configured. And it's like, hey, we can do that. We Absolutely. can help you out with that. That's incredible. That's really, really good. So um, do you live nearby the neighborhood that you sell? I do not. No, okay, I, I live near the airport. I live off like 281 and Bitters. Okay. Yeah. So the, the reason that I was asking, and I'll, I'll ask, and you can answer, you know, as well. Um, for people that are wanting to live in that area uh, for recreation or anything, like, do you, is there anything that you do up there that you'd highly recommend? You in know, my area or in the community? Uh, in the community area. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of things. We're down the street from a, a great park, Friedrich Park, okay. um, which is off, I think, a Hureman. Um, it's like in between Babcock and I-10, um, north of 1604. Fantastic park if you like hiking. They don't allow, like, bikes or anything. It's strictly a hiking park. Um, and it's beautiful, you know, it can be, some of the routes can be pretty tough, yep. you know, so make sure you bring water and, and, uh, um, are capable, you know, of, of doing stuff like that, but it's a lot of fun. Um, we're down the street from, uh, the Leon Creek Greenway as yep. well, right? There's the Valero trailhead is right there at I-10 and 1604. Um, other recreation stuff. I mean, we're close to the rim. We're close to La Cantera. Um, Yes, you know, if you want to go out to the hill country and, and go try some like wineries, we're close there. If you want to go to Bernie Main Street, you know, we're you can take um, Hureman straight to I-10 and just go right up there to Bernie. So we're really close to everything. You're really close to everything. Yeah. That's really good. So if you're looking in that community, uh, average price point, you said is in the sevens? I would say av starting in the sevens. Starting so I would say sevens. average would be in like the mid eights. Mid eights. Okay, perfect. That way we have people have that are watching this have an idea of what yeah. to reach out to you for. Awesome. Well, that's really, really good there. Let's talk about, you know, your stuff. I know you mentioned hiking. Um, I believe that you also are in the mountain biking, I heard. Is that I your am, thing? Yes, yeah. Th is that your main hobby? That I would say that's probably my main hobby. Okay. That and probably like video games. Yeah, okay. All so, right. I want to talk about both. Let's start with <laughs> let's start with mountain biking though. Okay. Tell me about mountain biking. How'd you get into that? And I got into that pretty much right when COVID hit. So okay. I was um I've always been kind of focused on I wouldn't necessarily say like physical fitness, but like health, right? I want to be healthy. And, uh, and I realized for myself, if I'm going to be healthy, I got to first off eat right, but also work out. Got it. And I was uh, working out and going to uh, uh, the gym five, four to five days a week. Um, and then COVID hit and they shut all the gyms oh, down. Yeah. And I, I was kind of losing my mind. You know, I, I was single at the time and, uh, you know, I was spending a lot of time at home with my dog, you know, and I was like, man, I got to do something. So I, I bought um, a bike off of Facebook marketplace for about a hundred dollars and went out and I live right next to McAllister park. got it. Um, in San Antonio and, and started riding there and, uh, and it worked for a while. You know, I quickly realized that if I wanted to do a lot of the stuff I wanted to be doing, I needed a nicer bike, Got it. you know, and, uh, went and spent, um, a few more hundred dollars on a bike and again, realized like, Hey, okay, this probably, I need to do some more research and, and, and mountain biking is like a whole different world than I guess what I thought it was. Yeah. You know I mean? I grew up riding bikes with my brother kind of around the neighborhood that we grew up in and all sorts of stuff. The amount, uh, different, I don't even know what to call it. The amount of different things I guess they have for mountain biking now is just insane. The different components, the That's suspension. So I mean, it's, it's, it's like a whole different kind of world to get into. That's incredible. Um, and I've gotten to the point where I, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd call myself like a full bike mechanic, but it's like anything I could need to do to my bike, I could do it. Right. You know, I can, um, what's the word I want to say? I can't even remember, but you know, it's like if I need to, um, I guess tune my yes. suspension, yes. you know, um, or change the oil in it. Cause all suspension has oil inside of it. I could do that. Um, anything I really needed to do to my bike, I could do it. That's incredible. Okay. So to, to find this perfect bike, right? Like the bike that you have now, which is the, you know, the nice 
mm-hmm. right bike for you? What did you have to do to like find out about that? I think it was all just like trial and error and experience. So Got this it. is probably my fifth or sixth sixth bike that I've had. Okay. And I've ha- I've bought a couple different ones. So the first two I wouldn't even really count. Right, one was like a bike that was probably fifteen or twenty years old. The other one was a new bike, but was more of just like a a recreation bike. It wasn't like a um uh I guess it wasn't a mountain bike. Right. You could call it a mountain bike, but you know, it had the warning stickers on it and it's like, oh, not actually for mountain bikes. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um you know, so I after that I, I started doing more research. I started watching more YouTube videos, a lot, a lot of YouTube videos. Um and ended up with um, a bike brand called Polygon, where they're like a direct-to-consumer um, bike company. So it's a little cheaper uh, yes. on my end. Um, That's good. And uh, did some research and like read a lot of reviews and watched a lot of YouTube videos. And then you know finally pulled the trigger on the bike that I wanted and rode that for a long time until I was ready for something different. Um, you know, and I, I bought a... Uh, I pre-ordered actually a really nice bike and it was a few months out. And in the meantime, I bought uh, a mountain bike frame okay. and started building that up. Wow. Yeah. So like you're like got all the components and everything. Mm-hmm. And the bike that I have now is that's how I started it. I was looking at different bikes and the one that I pre-ordered ended up being too, I guess, big of a bike for me. Um, th- again, like I said, there's a lot of different stuff that goes that's into crazy. mountain bike. There's like geometry <laughs> and like how the frame's designed and how like slack the head tube or steep the head tube angle is. And, wow. um, if, if we were somewhere, uh, up North, if we like lived near Whistler Got or it. in Washington, you know, the bike that I, I still have it actually, it's a frame now just sitting in my garage. It would be great up there. Right. You know, but for a lot of the stuff here in South Texas, you know, we don't get too much elevation. Right. We, we can find it, you know, but there's a lot more climbing um, and a lot more um, what we'd call like technical or rocky terrain. Right. You know, so um, the big long bike that I had was great for going downhill, but wasn't so great for uh, it, it wasn't very nimble. Got it. That makes you sense. You know, and when I figured out what I wanted, I was like, OK, well, now I know the bike that I want. And or at least now I know the type of bike that I want. Let me talk to people and, and kind of figure it out. And my friend um, suggested the getting the frame for the bike that I have now. And I looked at it and was like, man, this will work out perfectly for what I want. That's incredible. And, and just did it. And you bought it and you put the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So for when you say mountain biking, I, so I grew up in Las Vegas, right? Where like there's legit mountains, right? right? So you, you want to go mountain biking, you're going up the mountain and yeah. you're going down the mountain, right? Yes. And, and it's, it's a lot. Where, what are you mountain biking on in the hill country, right? Like, what are you mountain biking on here? So the hills, I mean, you know, uh, if you go, there's a lot of stuff, um, that's kind of just South of the hills. San Antonio is interesting because it's like right at the, the, the cusp of the hill country, right? You know, you get on the North side and you're like in the hills, right? Right. But you go South and it's pretty flat. Right. So, um, really a lot of it is, um, about building the right trails. You know, there's a couple places, there's one in comfort, there's some in Burnett that are fantastic. You know, there's a place in Burnett called Reverly Peak Ranch that I think is probably some of the best mountain biking um, in this part of Texas. It's like near Inks Lake. There's another place uh, up in Burnett down the street from there called uh, Spider Mountain. It's actually a lift access bike park. So they, so like they have an old like ski lift, it, right? Shush, and you uh, get on it with your bike and take it up and then ride it down. And it's it's really cool. That's so yeah. cool. Those are a little far, I guess. To Burnett, it's about two hours for me. Yep. Um, and then Comfort, about 45 minutes, is a place called Flat Rock Ranch which is pretty, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. It's you incredible. Know? So it's a lot of riding. It's a lot of work. You know, you got to do the climbs. Um, but you know, they've got the elevation, they have the Hills, you know, you're not having, you know, in Vegas, you may have descents that last for several minutes, right? Right. You may have like a five minute descent. Yeah. We don't get a lot of that. Right. Because it's not too crazy. So 
you know, I'm sure like anything, right? If you know what you're doing, it's safe and things like that. But, you know, I imagine myself on a mountain bike going down a hill, mm -hmm. hitting big rocks and toppling over. Like, is it like that? That's part of it. That's, man, it's, 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 uh, I think you shouldn't do anything that you're not comfortable with. Got it. Right. And there's some stuff that I do that, hey, it's, I'm, it's scary, right? <laughs> But I make sure that, hey, when I'm doing this, I know what I'm doing, right? Nope. I, I've hurt myself mountain bike and I've broken my collarbone. I, I, you know, I've had major concussions and, um, you know, and, and done that, like wearing, you know, full face helmets and having like the protection and stuff. It's but still. That, that's just what happens when you're, when you're mountain biking, right? It's a sport. <laughs> you're playing a sport and in sports you can get hurt, right? You can get hurt in football, even though you're wearing yeah, pads, pads and, and everything. Helmets. Right? That's crazy. Um, so. It's the same deal. I will say that the, I see probably more people getting hurt doing something that they're not ready for. Got it. Um, kind of like like doing something to advance. Being overconfident. Got it. I would call it. Overconfident. Yeah. That makes sense. And so when you're kind of stepping up in mountain biking, right? So how, okay, I'm imagining this like, okay, I want to get into mountain biking, right? So, for, you know, I managed to, let's pretend that I managed to figure out what I need. You know, I get a very entry-level bike and things like that. You know, how, what's a progression path, right? Like, you, are there courses where it's like, okay, this is kind of like an entry-level course or entry yeah. level terrain so it's the same as like skiing or snowboarding right they got green blues and blacks got and then they got double blacks and all sorts of stuff the so, those are the scary ones yeah there's apps on my phone there's a great app i use called trail forks okay. um which shows all the local mountain bike trails there's some trails that aren't on there and you just kind of got to be in the know a lot of those are what we'd call like bandit trails you know they're trails that are built with technically like without city or parks approval um you know a lot of those trails are better you right. know, it, uh, a lot of the, the ones that get approved, I guess, take longer, you know, because they got to go through all the red tape and everything. But um, if you want, if you're someone who's starting out, I mean, there's plenty of different options. You know, you can go to um, OP Schnabel Park. You can go to um, McAllister has a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Any of the city parks. Um, I'm sure there's some stuff up here in New Braunfels. Um, yes. I know there's some stuff in, in San Marcos. Um, I know some of the stuff in San Marcos can be a little more technical, a little harder. Those are mostly like blues and, 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 uh, I don't know if they have too many blacks or some greens, but a lot of it's like blues because it's like super rocky terrain. Got you it. Know, it's chunky and you need to know kind of how to navigate through that if you're going to go through it um, quickly that makes, uh, and that makes efficiently. Sense. And do these like do these trails because I've I'm I have to look this stuff up when we're done here because I can't imagine this. So these trails that you're talking about, like even at these city parks, they're they're not like paved, right? Like they're truly like rock trails. I, I wouldn't call it mountain biking if it was paved. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, you can ride a mountain bike on pavement, but it's like they, they're dirt trails. Okay. So yeah. they're dirt trails in these parks. And, you know, as far as like finding like the trail itself, like are there signs that kind of tell you like this way, that way type of a deal? It's pretty easy to tell. I mean, you mostly it'll, you know, there's a pretty clear cut path that you can follow. Got it. If it's something where it's like, hey, you know, this maybe not a lot of people have been riding on this trail and we've been getting a lot of rain, it can be overgrown. But usually you should be able to tell kind of which way to go. Okay, you know, that makes sense. If you get lost, you know, we're in the, in the age of the cell phone, right? We can just right. pull up the maps and find out where we are. That makes, um, that makes sense. That's cool. Though. I, I need to actually need to look into this and yeah, just see what it's like. Yeah, I can show like. you some cool videos. Yeah, absolutely. I have to see this because yeah. I'm trying to, like, envision this. Okay, that's a lot for mountain biking. That's cool. So that's your main hobby. Um, I know you mentioned gaming as well. What uh -huh. are you What are you doing on that front? Man, so I just got a Steam Deck. Okay. So I don't know if you know yes, what that is. I do know what that yeah. is. Tell people what it is, though. So this is basically, it's like imagine a Nintendo Switch, but it's a computer. Yes. I mean, this is a full computer. Made um, by Valve. Made by Valve, yep. who they own Steam, who is one of the largest, and one of, they're the largest seller of PC games right. um, around, you know, and they've been around forever. And this is great piece of technology, and it literally looks like it's it's a little bigger than a switch, 
but it's like a full computer. I can do whatever I want with That's it. So cool. I've been playing uh, a bunch of Switch games on it. Yeah. And a bunch of PlayStation 2 games on it. Uh, I'm just finishing up like the original Ratchet and Clank, which oh, is like a yeah. game that I grew up with. Yes. Um, and I have a bunch more that I, I loaded on there. And then I've been playing some other games too. You That's know, a lot of it, I'm just kind of stuck in the nostalgia right now yeah. and playing like a lot of the old games that. Yeah. I mean, and this thing runs these PlayStation 2 games, like, perfectly. That's crazy. And so are you, um, is it, like, an emulator for the PS2 games? It is. So there's, like, a whole, I mean, again, you know, you got to, it's it's a computer. You can do whatever you want with it, right. right? So there's emulation software out there. A lot of them, like the Switch games, are technically, like, harder to emulate. Yeah. And you have to uh, to actually load the firmware and stuff uh, from the um onto the emulator to make it work you have to have a switch um that you can like download it from ah. and there's only certain switches that you can do it with That's right only from like the first year because nintendo kind of caught on quick yep so if you have a switch from like pre like 2017 you could probably do it but if not and then you can take you can also download like the files from the games that you own got it on there That's you interesting. know there's other ways to do it but technically like legally you have to like own the games yeah absolutely right, on the, on the, on the and games and so the for uh, a lot of the more retro games it's a little easier yeah that's what I a thought. lot of that's like public domain right like the playstation 2 games and whatnot um there's like archive files on the internet um that have all this that stuff. You, you, for playstation for, for nintendo 64 for a lot of the kids what would be considered like classic or like retro games i, that makes I don't sense. know how i feel about calling playstation 2 retro but i know because <laughs> it's not that it's not that old and like with the switch the you know joysticks on each side come off to the steam decks are they permanently affixed like is it like it doesn't they don't come off or anything they don't come off no it's all one thing I got it yeah. okay so it's all one thing um as for for the steam deck i am familiar with it but i haven't looked into purchasing one is, is there like a long wait list right now for them or are they relatively available so i pre-ordered mine july of last year and I got it, what is it, September? Yes. Beginning of August. Okay, so you just got it. Yeah, I just got it. Yep. And um, they had a slower, a lot of they were affected by, like, the COVID supply chain stuff. Right. You know, they put out an announcement a few months ago where it's like, hey, everybody who has a pre-order in as of now, you're going to get yours before the end of the year. Oh, that's good. So um, if you put a pre-order in now, there's no telling, but they let you know kind of on the page what quarter you'll go into, you know, what if you... There's a couple different, I guess, levels of, of you know, depends on, like, you can get different size memory um, in it. it. Um, um, so it'll say, like, hey, if you want to reserve yours, I think you have to put, like, $5 down. Oh, yeah, and that's, and, that's and it's super easy. cheap. Yeah. That's interesting. So um, And then they'll email you whenever they have it available and ready to ship. And then and you, you pay, pay it, and they'll ship it, and you'll get it a few days later. That's super yeah. cool. And so are you um, – I have Steam on my computer, right? I've got my game library. Mm -hmm. I've got – you know, 200 games I bought during Steam summer sales and I never played because they were $5 and I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. maybe I'll play this one day. Um, so does the Steam, I'm assuming the Steam Deck runs the full Steam library. It does. Well, there's certain games. That, so Steam Deck runs Linux, okay. right? So there's certain yes. games that just don't. Yeah, run on They're Linux. not optimized yeah. for Linux. Yep. Um, there's certain games that, computer games, that I would not play with a controller. Right. Right. You know, I, the reason I got into PC gaming, I was playing this game Escape from Tarkov. Oh, yes. And I, you would not be able to play that game with a controller. <laughs> right. It's just not. There's so yeah. many different things that you have to do. Right. Um, I would put in there, I know, like, Diablo, the new Diablos now, you can, like, play with a controller. Yeah. I wouldn't play like Diablo with a controller. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Yeah, that's you know. Um, so, but there's games that they have, and Steam will go and like verify certain games or give them ratings, like verified, playable. Um, some will be like, oh, there's not. There, there's different ratings for them. Right? That, so they on, have on a how compatible section, they yeah. are. There's a whole section of the Steam store and like your library. Yeah. Um, that'll say runs great on Steam. 
Got or it. runs great on Steam Deck. Excuse or runs me. Yeah. great on Steam Deck. Yeah. Got it. That's interesting. And then as far as the button config, I'm trying to think about it. It's two joysticks. It's like an Xbox controller. Literally. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's see, I, I got to look at Now you got me wanting to look into yeah. one. So, I should have brought it. I thought about it. I was like, I don't need to No, it. you should have brought it, dude. I would have been, I would have been super geeking out. Okay. So what's, as far as like, has any of the games that you've played just like blown you away? Like of just the fact that like you're playing it on like this hardware, like anything that's just been like, man, this is so cool. You know, I grew up, one of my games, favorite games I played when I grew up was this game on the Game Boy Color. I think it was, um, it was, was a Link's Awakening. It was the Legend of Zelda yes. Link's Awakening, yeah. right? They remastered and remade that game for the Switch a few years ago. A Link's Awakening. And I've been playing that and it's like a full on, remake right i mean it's oh, not that's like the they the egg on the, the mountain yes. right yes yeah. okay i was yeah. thinking about it i'm like i don't know yes yeah so i i played that and that was just i guess a trip down memory lane you know going through and playing it and it's it's really like the mechanics are all like the same they just updated the graphics that's incredible you know? and that's my favorite part of like a remake I, I was thinking they uh they actually remade i think ratchet and clank in like 2019 or 2020 but like changed the game you know, uh, yes, and so, they actually like yeah added new gameplay. Yeah, so playing like the original one was is like fantastic, and it's, it is blowing me away that hey, I can just like play Ratchet and Clank that came out in two thousand two. Yes, right like, on this thing, portable. and it runs perfectly. How, how's the battery life on it? It's not terrible. You I got mean, it. it depends on what kind of games you're running. Right, that makes um, sense. So I could probably get three or like four or five hours out of it. Uh, it's not going to last all day. It uses USB-C, which yep. is nice. So you can just yeah plug it pretty plug much it anywhere. My, my laptop Perfect. uses USB-C, so I have a few different chargers that'll all work kind of work. one in my office one at home you a couple at home but uh, that's incredible that's super neat i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look into that i and I, you know speaking of remakes too for gaming uh that's a you know that's a new thing right it's just like movies everyone's doing a remake um i recently finished the first um of three final fantasy 7 you know was, was originally a playstation one game and now it's three different games you know they're gonna have the, the first one's out so i just finished the first one and then they've got two more coming so i think that's interesting where they're like taking old games mm-hmm. and they're remaking them but they're like legit like remaking them like right. they are right you know it's loosely the same story but it's yeah you know very different i never got too into all the final fantasy stuff yep resident evil though oh like yes. the remakes that they're making of those are just fantastic yeah re- resident yeah. evil i played a lot of resident evil 4 that was that was the one i played a lot I, of i got really into it when they released uh seven or oh, biohazard yes. it was the first like first person one yep um, and that just kind of drew me in to it. I've not so. played so, yeah, and I, four was the one I spent a lot of my time. I grew up with uh, original Xbox, so I had a PlayStation One. I had all of them. I had an N sixty four PS one and an Xbox. Um, I played a lot of Counter Strike on mm-hmm. the original Xbox. I played, of course, Halo two, right? Halo, Halo two, right? Those were the those are the OGs. Um, I'm trying to think what else I played a lot of. Like I said, a lot of Counter Strike. Um, Man, I played uh, I played a lot of computer games. Like I grew up on World of Warcraft. Played a lot of Diablo. Um, like played a lot of like Roller Coaster Tycoon. So stuff that like is you know kind of like early on in gaming, right? Like mm-hmm. these franchises, you know, are still going now. Right. Um, but I've I've been bad about like I didn't play much Ratchet and Clank. I played I played a lot of Spyro. Played a lot of okay. Spyro the Dragon. Okay. Uh, I played a lot. I'm trying to think like what else I played on the PlayStation. Sonic uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, I played on that on the GameCube. That was a really good game. So there's a lot of like old stuff that I had time for, but lately I just haven't had time for yeah. like getting back to it. Man, that's how I felt for a long time. I mean, it's it's honestly felt like a chore, I guess, to like boot yeah. up my computer and load up Steam and do this. And the Steam Deck just made it so easy, right? That, it sits on my so coffee cool. table and I can just grab it and turn it on. I mean, it's incredible. You know, you can like pause the game and turn it off and just leave it there. 
and then come back several hours later and turn it on and pick back right up right where you were in so seconds. That's amazing. So it has like a kind of like a sleep mode, right? Where yes. like we kind of, yeah. I forget what they call it. It's basically where like, where it's like a freeze. It's like not really a save, but it's like a freeze frame where like it pauses the game like right where you're at. Right. Yeah. Because obviously in more traditional gaming, sometimes there's like hard pauses, hard saves. Sure. And with this, like you truly can be in the middle of a cutscene, put it to sleep and wake it back up right yeah absolutely that's that's incredible i'll have to get one of these things i'm gonna order one right after we're done here <laughs> i'm gonna go on, online and order it um so man what else i'm, I'm trying to think kind of in you know in closing here as far as uh who you are what about food uh, do you like to eat a lot of different things I, I i cook a lot i love to cook no eating out yeah well we eat out every now and then right but mostly when we eat out it's gonna go be like go to like an, a sushi place okay or uh um going out with friends or okay. something like that right we don't really eat. It, it, it depends. You know, we can be like, oh, well, listen, it's uh, been a long day. I don't really feel like cooking. You know, let's go grab like some ramen from this place down the street or something like that. That's incredible. So is yeah. there like a, um, do you have, I, I know you cook a lot, like you said, but do you have a spot where it's just like, it's that day, like you're, you're every month you go do this thing, right? You go to this place or is there like a top spot for you? I, that's that's a hard question you know i would say we've been going to like walk-ons a lot oh yeah because it's down the street from my house yes and we kind of started going out and going there um somebody gave me like a gift card for um texas roadhouse and they're right next to each other and for whatever reason every time we tried to go to texas roadhouse it's just packed yeah and i like don't understand it you know i mean it would be like a tuesday night and there's a line out the door right um of people who want to go to texas roadhouse and i'm like man i'm not really I don't really feel like standing in line, you know, waiting half an hour to get yeah. a table at Texas Roadhouse. Let's <laughs> just go to walk-ons. It's right next door. That's interesting. Yeah. You're, you're talking about the ones that's like just south of 1604 on right. 281, right? Yes, it's yeah. packed all yeah. the time. It's I, I ate there. So a good friend of mine owns a mortgage company, uh, Align Mortgage, Chris Cano. I went to that Texas Roadhouse with him mm -hmm. randomly like, like a month and a half ago. And we were like, we were sitting in there and it was like you said, like wall to wall people. And he's like, dude, who still eats here? And it's like, that's what we were saying. Like, who, like, on a Tuesday night is like, hey, let's all go to Texas Road. I mean, it's insane. I Like, nothing against them. Like, I, I think they're decent, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, if I want to go get a cheap steak somewhere, sure, like Texas Roadhouse or Longhorn or Saltgrass, they're all kind of right there. Right. You know, but um, I, I just don't understand it. That's crazy. Okay, so if, if it's not food for you, right, walk on, and, you know, walk on as a, as a cool spot, right? Like, what is, like, it, would it be mountain biking? Like, what is, like, your, like, hey, I've had, like, a, a tough month or whatever. I'm just going to go do X. Like, what is that? Is it going outside? It would probably be mountain biking. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, I've had a, a rough go of it, whatever it is, you know, it's been stressful. Let me go out to comfort, you That's know, and cool. go do this. And a lot of this is stuff that I, I don't really like doing alone. Um, a lot of it for like safety reasons, right? Cause you never know, right? Oh you yeah. Can, you can kind of be off your game and have a bad crash and you're out there alone and, and who knows how long it'll be till someone finds you. Right. So I always like going with somebody. Um, I, I would say too. that's probably, um, up there. Um, the cooking, I, I love cooking. And you had a um, dish that's like your your jam, something you just are really well at. So I'm, I don't know, I, I'm pretty basic. So I'll I would go uh, for dinner. Usually we'll eat like either chicken or pork. Okay. Um, either rice or pasta, okay. and then some sort of veggie. Got and it. That's it. Like every night. Oh, I you know. So but, but you got it. Yeah. Um, if I'm doing something special, I'll make like some fried rice or some stir fry. Um, I'll cook a lot of uh. If I have it, I'll cook like wild game and oh. stuff. Like I've got a bunch of venison in my freezer. I have some nail guy. My dad shot a nail guy um, last year, um, oh. which is like, it's like an Indian antelope. Yep. And it's a little more difficult to cook because there's not, it's, uh, they're really lean. Yes. You know? Um, so there's not a lot of fat in it. So, but so is venison, right? It's the yep. same. Venison's like really lean. 
you know that's interesting that's crazy and i think that um i think that here especially like you got a lot of people that during deer season that will go out and kind of hunt and, and have these freezers full right of, mm-hmm. of wild game is that pretty much where you're getting yours from is when you go hunting it is yes yeah that's cool yeah. that's really really cool that's true texan for you so cooking mountain biking gaming selling real estate that's gram in a in a nutshell sure, absolutely that's incredible man so that's been really good uh what we'll do is we'll leave graham's contact info in the in the video guys so we'll put it here below at the bottom uh which is his name you know how to reach him phone number so if you're in the market for any home at all right even if you know it's not in that price range give him a shout right i know you all know lots of people right different mm-hmm. communities and things like that just to have the opportunity to work with graham um he mentioned obviously he's near uh, 16 to 4 and i-10 so kind of on the northwest side of san antonio um, we'll have all his contact info for here. So if you're looking to either buy a home or you're a realtor that has a client, please reach out to him. And uh, yeah, man, any closing thoughts on this? No, I mean, I, I, all I want to say is, you know, the way that I, I run my business, it's all about the buyer. Absolutely. You know, I try and treat people the way that they want to be treated. And, you know, if somebody comes out and, hey, maybe we don't work out for them for whatever reason, I'm more than happy to find someone who does. Oh, that's, hey, man. That's why I said give this guy a shot. This guy is on the top of my list, man. We got a lot, got a lot in common. So I appreciate it, guys, for tuning in. Uh, this is the Marty Party. So as always, we are on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere, guys. So please follow and like and subscribe. Click that notification bell on YouTube for more. And we'll catch you next time.